I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, we are all in this together, I hope. We talk about co-parenting from a step-parent's perspective with Moretta Moss from the podcast Counter Parenting. Plus, Biz needs a cookie. Woo! I am doing a great job! Ah! My family is moving across the country. We're moving 16 hours away to a completely different state. And in the past several weeks, I have been doing all of the shit. (laughs) I've got movers. (laughs) I have organized pet care. I have organized home and a house and buying a house. And I've done all the shit. And today, I locked down child care for my kid. I know what school she's going to. And I put down the deposit after calling all of the places and figuring out who has space. And I'm just doing it. And I'm kicking (laughs) ass. And I'm doing it all during a pandemic. Woo! I'm just really proud of myself. I'm doing a great job. So are you. Bye. You might be doing a better job than me right now. You are doing such a great job. I Wow. Wow. I just think that executive search committees should start by looking at parents. Just, I mean, like the very first qualification should be, are there kids in your house? And then other key items would be, have you had to move those kids across country, right? Have you navigated the United States educational system? Check. You might be overqualified to run a company. That is incredible. I was impressed when you said you had taken care of the pets, but then school. I mean, wow, you're not even there yet. You are amazing. And you should feel as good as you feel about how amazing you are. That You are amazing. You should actually make a little list of that and then write, see, see what I did? And then stick that in places so that when you're not feeling this great, you can be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. You're doing an amazing job. Speaking of people doing amazing jobs during a pandemic, it's time for thank yous. Guys, we know who's on the list for thank yous, right? Because the pandemic is still going on to varying degrees and various places and we're all being affected by or have been deeply affected by and are still trying to recover from all the different things this pandemic has thrown at us. Just because in your neighborhood, people are tootling along just fine as if the pandemic is over, that doesn't mean that it is not still an issue for the neighborhood next door right? So hospitals are still nuts right now. So are doctors. Have you tried to make an appointment? Because the soonest you're getting in is next year for the most basic of things. 
because the doctors and the medical staff and the people who help make hospitals and doctor's offices run are tired or sick or broken. All right. So, so once again, thank you to everyone who works in the medical industry, from those of you who keep it clean and sterilized, to those of you who are, I don't know, operating on people's brains, and everybody in between, you are amazing. Teachers, will I ever tire of thanking you? No, I won't. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, teachers. Thank you. All the people, things have to get from A to B around here. And it's not magic. There's not an owl that gets it from, you know, Alabama up to Oregon. There are people who are literally shipping all those things that we need and that we bought online so we didn't have to expose ourselves. There is somebody making it so we don't have to expose ourselves. So I want to say thank you to those people. And also thank you for not exposing yourself. Unless, you know, you live in a community where that kind of thing is like totally smiled upon. Also, thank you volunteers, those of you who are out there helping those who cannot help themselves in a time such as these. And the list goes on forever. Bus drivers? Jeez Louise, you got to be in a bus with people who you can't really, you know, check. That is very impressive. School bus drivers, also, big thank you. Speaking of getting from A to B and making things work, I have been deeply affected by this pandemic. Girl Scout cookies are not getting to me. (laughs) There is apparently a crazy cookie shortage in the Los Angeles area. All right. So I did not order. First of all, Raiden, not with Girl Scouts anymore. So I don't have the sweet cookie hookup that I once did. A lot of people are doing it online. And I chose not to. I was like, I know that there are two kids on my street. And I have spoken to their parents. And I have said, if they want the door-to-door experience, send them down. I'm ready. And... FYI, my parents will be here on this day, and they are loose with the money when it comes to Girl Scout cookies. (laughs) And so the first of the two kids on our street comes to my house. Literally, they're on the porch giving their spiel next to their mom. Every time they call out a cookie, you would hear like numbers from inside. Two boxes, four, make that four boxes. So we're going to need six boxes of those. We're going to need, I mean, like... Between my family and my parents, we must have ordered easily 20 boxes of cookies, okay? And then we sent the Girl Scout on their way, and the mom was like, look, they're going to be in on Tuesday. We're picking them up Monday. We can't distribute them till Tuesday. We'll bring them Tuesday. Tuesday comes and goes. Wednesday comes and goes. A few days come and go. And finally, I gave him a little text. And I said, hey, checking on, <laughs> checking out on those cookies. To which the reply was, there is an insane cookie shortage. Even the online orders cannot be fulfilled. It's chaos. I will let you know when I have some cookies. And I was like, hot 
damn. So then the mother of the other kid on my street who sells cookies was walking by. And I was like, what's the deal with the cookies? You guys haven't come by to sell cookies. And she's like, you should see the Los Angeles cookie Facebook page. People are, are like, do you have two Samoas? I just need two Samoas. All right, I'll trade you a bet. She's like, I can't even get a hold of a toffee-tastic. And who the fuck likes toffee-tastics? Besides people who are gluten-free, it's the only cookie you have. And I'm, you know, it's not that bad. It's okay. It makes a good pie crust. Anywho, even the toffee-tastics cannot be gotten. Basically, if you ordered online, most of those have been fulfilled. But there are still a lot that haven't. Moms and the Girl Scouts are trying to, can we get them from the Orange County, you know, distribution bakery? Can we? I don't know. I don't know what's happened. But I kind of like revel in the chaos that is cookie distribution shortage in Los Angeles. And I love the idea of all these like parents being like, we're going to solve this problem. <laughs> we're going to go. We have to bake these damn cookies ourselves. I love it. I'm looking forward to all the Girl Scouts getting a badge in crisis cookie management <laughs> and customer service. And I look forward to, I don't know, eventually getting some cookies. Won't it be nice when I eventually get them? Speaking of parents working together to solve a problem. <laughs> Today, we are going to talk about co-parenting from a step-parent's perspective with Moretta Moss of the new podcast, Counter Parenting. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week we are talking to Moretta Moss, who is an actress and writer known for The Glorias, Nickelodeon's live-action holiday movie, A Loud House Christmas, and The Game. She recently launched a podcast called Counter Parenting about co-parenting from a step-parent's perspective. Outside of acting, Moss is passionate about voting rights and volunteers with fair fight action during election cycles. She lives in Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome, Moretta! Thank you! We're clapping. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We're clapping and wooing. It's it's great to be here. Thank you. Yes, of course. Uh, before we get in to the podcast, I want to ask what we ask all our guests, which is who lives in your house? Sure. So I live in my house. This is not in any particular order of importance, but it's me. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, my it's my cat. <laughs> and then uh, and then there's yes. my partner. And we were not married, but we've been together for, I don't know, in the scheme of things, not the longest, but long enough. And then um, he has two kids. Uh, so I have two stepkids uh, that are ages 10 and six. That's our little household. Yeah, uh, that's plenty. And I got to say those, but that's like half the time we have this like quiet household. And then we have the rambunctious household. So it just depends on 
on which day you walk it, in. Talk about extra pivoting. Yeah. I know that for me, getting like to walk around the Rose Bowl, for example, to get a little exercise, it like clears my mind and I'm feeling like reasonable. And then I walk in and that's shot to hell. That just feels like amped up by a thousand if you're sharing custody with somebody and then they step out for a certain number of days or weeks, whatever, and then back in, that would be disorienting. So in my head, it kind of is like, like right now, because they're in school and we did virtual school last year. um, It's just like they are in my head. It's like sometimes they're just like they go to school and they don't come back. So it's just like this extended school. It's a, it's weird, but it is as far as disorienting, I think it would be more disorienting for me and my this is like such a double-edged sword. We would love to have the kids full time. I would too. Like, like, but like, it's very nice to have that recharge. Yeah. And like, and a moment where like laundry buildup stops after our weekend, I can do like just some big loads of laundry and then it just, but they, they're here half the time. So a couple of times during the week, but the, the weekend buildup always, yeah. you know, I don't know. Well, that, that's cause you know, like being a parent, like when a kid gets in your house or in some cases, you get in a kid's house. <laughs> kids are yeah. in the house. We all get to wrestle with guilt and self-judgment as well as feeling judged. And we have talked to no end on the show about the things that you're not supposed to say. We don't think we're supposed to say. Yeah. And I'm thinking about what you just said. And it was so, it was so good. It was this notion of it being a double-edged sword. It's sort of like we say on the show, it gets to be both. You get to like, yay, I have kids in my house. You also get to be like, oh my God, I'm not a person anymore. Like I'm so tired. I'm barely alive. It has nothing to do with my kid. It's just this, it would be great to like sometimes not have a kid in my house, right? You're not supposed to say that. (laughs) Everything is a fucking gift. And so that so obviously must apply to people who share custody or co-parent. Yeah. yeah. I think sometimes it's even because it's not this, I'm not best friends with the ex-wife and we don't do things together. It, it can be like relatively hostile at times. Yeah. And I am just on the sidelines watching. So I just feel like I have to be extra careful because things mm. just get taken out of yeah. context or I don't want anyone to put on a podcast and hear me say, right. I don't want the well, kids well, in. Yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> because that's not but, true. <laughs> right. It right. is not true. It's not true. That is something <gasps> that might happen. Oh my so, God. What a I nightmare. Know. I'm so sorry. It is a nightmare. I mean, thank but, you. But like, it just, is yeah it's like the worst what do you feel like when it's a stereotype of like yeah it kind of feels like that and you know and I'm not like living in a trope (laughs) of some kind yes that's it it's a trope yeah it's a trope and then and I try and I I don't know and I know I'm not like perfect and so I and I love being honest about how difficult it is sometimes and um, I guess it's that's such an unfair place that's an unfair lens to have to to be in it it yeah I mean I when I think of like myself in this yeah relationship and and family I I a lot of times will grab on to like it's not fair but then I'm like oh Mm. Like the kids, like whether they are 
listening yeah. or like whatever they're witnessing, they can at the very least feel tension. Like they can right. feel conflict. And especially when it's your parents that yeah. don't get along. And you know, and it's not like yelling, screaming fights, but it's just like undercuts a lot. Yeah. So the name of the podcast is Counter Parenting. Yeah, the Counter Parenting Podcast. Yes, which yes. is a phrase that I was not familiar with, the notion of counter parenting. So can you explain what counter parenting means? Like what that phrasing means? Sure. It's a phrase, a type of parenting yeah. that happens in divorced couples where one parent or maybe both parents are undermining the other parents in the relationship. When you have co-parenting, it's when two people are amicably co-parenting these kids as products of divorce together. And there's like trust and good communication and the kids are put first. In counter-parenting, it's not that it's parents having power struggles, wanting to be right, undermining the parenting plan. So you're dealing with the other parent just as much as you would co-parenting, dropping the kids back and forth. There's like school stuff. There's just, especially when they're younger in adolescence, there's so much that just like, if there's something that happens at school, like um, who knows, like field trips, everything, health concerns, like two parents are still involved in that, but uh, it's, not it, it's like almost if there's not tension or like problems at the time it's just like dipped for a moment and they'll be right back there it is it's pretty unpleasant and the other option to that is parallel parenting where you just have it set up where you're not dealing with the other parents at all you follow like the strict court rules and because two people the court has ruled two people can't get along but when you're counter parenting uh, it's sometimes so like passive aggressive and, and, you know, you might show up to that. If it gets so mediation doesn't work. That is what I have found. Like one just comes in to the mediation and (laughs) doesn't tell the truth. And when (laughs) someone lies, it's very, very difficult (laughs) because they, it seems like they believe what they say. I have like, it's unfortunate, but I have a couple of friends that are also like, we have somewhat similar paths with this and I don't like it. You're a couple episodes in to the podcast. And I got to tell you, it's, it's a really great idea for podcast because I don't think I, and I could be wrong. What are the resources like out there for people who find themselves suddenly in a position as a step parent or as the caregiver who is stepping into the situation? Are there good resources out there? I haven't found any. Right. So, yeah. and even like like joining online like Facebook groups, it's just not necessarily <laughs> a healthy place because no. I think people like need to vent sometimes. And that is not, and even I, like I could tell some stories over and over again, but I'm like, that is not like, I want to justify things. I want to like, be like, look what's happened, but that's not helpful at all. You know? Yeah. uh, So when we're talking about divorce, I mean, like so many other people, but like the kids, there's resources for kids and there's resources for the divorced parents and, but the, the step parents are usually like, no one's 
thinking about them because they're not like power players in this. Like they, I don't have much of a say. I mean, I even I'm in a relationship and that is something, but as far as like when we're getting down to like brass tacks, like, yeah, but you've not, got, don't count, don't sell yourself short. You've got power being a support for your partner and just being a support for your kids. Sometimes in situations like this, I would imagine to just have one calm porch in the storm, as it were, that stays kind of, would be a really, would be a gift. Like you, you get to, I mean, you get to be whatever role you fucking want to be. I'm just saying, (laughs) just saying you, you do have that. Don't sell yourself short. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. It sometimes feels like that. Of course. Of course. So in your first episode where you're kind of setting up what the podcast is going to be about, you talk about questions you wished you had asked in the beginning and that you're hoping that through the podcast, those questions, you can save people some of the effort. So yeah. I, I guess my first question is, what were some of those questions you wish you had asked at the beginning? Well, I think one of them was, what is in the parenting plan? Like, what are things... Yeah. supposed to like how how is this like on paper actually arranged because I, I things just seem to be the way they are because that's what's worked out best but they're most likely the way they are because of this plan which can't be changed like I didn't know I and I still have so many questions about the parenting plan because okay, you have wait, to live whoa 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 parenting plan Parenting plan. I know. Okay, just (laughs) for those of us that are idiots, tell me what a parent, and most of the time my idiocracy comes from just not having asked the question. So here's my question. Or not being divorced. Or not being divorced. That's right. You know, day ain't over yet. Uh, No, uh, but you're right. Like our parent, it's sort of like for families who adopt, you know, I just got drunk and fooled around, right? (laughs) But people who adopt have to go through so much more stuff just to get a kid in their house. And you're right. We don't have a parenting plan. I mean, we, you know what I mean? (laughs) So, so tell me, what is a parenting plan? Yeah. Well, it's something that is when you get a divorce and you have kids, the, your, your lawyers draft a plan of like, when do you have the kids? Yeah. What time are you supposed to pick them up? Who has them for Christmas? Who has them for Thanksgiving? And it's very like wordy. Sometimes it's like uneven <laughs> numbered years until the day before our school is in regular session. The dad will have the kids on odd years. The mother will. And But it's, it's also like sometimes this parenting plan. Like if it's your first, most people, it's their first time getting divorced. Sure. They also don't have experience (laughs) with a parenting plan. And then it gets written and it's all this legal jargon. And you're like, oh, okay. And they sign (laughs) off on it, not understanding what is going to actually be the best for them and their kids. Like it's a, it's weird language in, in ours. It's like at 9am, the kids custody kind of changes over, but it's like they're in school at 9am. But when days that they're not, in school, like 9 a.m. is actually one of the worst times. It's like you, you most likely have to be at work at nine or, you know, you don't. So if someone's being a real, whatever, like, can you drop the kids off at eight? Like if it's their day, like it's just, so all these things, I didn't know what a parenting plan was either when I stepped into the relationship and it seemed like, oh, things are just like, 
they've talked about it and this is what's worked out, but, but that's not the case. And like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not like, I just like, that's not, you're right. No, no not even no. a little what no. I thought, like just because you can barely make decisions about like, if there's one thing I know to be true about parenting is that it is constantly changing and yes. don't get your hopes up that it's settled because it's not. Oh, it's worse. Each kid's different. Jeez. Why didn't somebody tell me they weren't going to respond to the same things? That is a nightmare. So let's say you make your pair, like how much leeway is there in parenting planning to change it? Because like nine o'clock, for example, might've made sense three years ago, mm-hmm. but it doesn't now. And with COVID, a lot of times, like we were talking to somebody last week who was like, yeah, the kids were supposed to go to their moms, but we got COVID. So we all had to stay oh, yeah. together. And like, and I know that your second interview was talking with a lawyer. So like, yeah, <laughs> like, yes. so I mean, you could spend a whole thing just on parenting plans, obviously. So I need a follow-up episode with that lawyer. And now, yeah. <laughs> what, how fluid are these things? Well, it depends on like your relationship with the other parent, because if you're co-parenting as should be, it should be like easy, right? It should be like, oh, you know what? This actually works best for the kids. Let's do that. But uh, when you're counter-parenting, there should be fluidity, but there oftentimes isn't. And someone will be like, well, that's not what the parenting plan says and not offer like help or, um, or come up with an adjustment, come up with, yeah. a, you know, and I, I will say, I am sure I have a friend who's going, starting this process. Oh. And I, I gotta say there's, I am sure there are times where one of the partners would be like, no, we have to stick to it mm-hmm. because if we don't stick to it slippery slope right yep. that's again just this extra layer that all of you are dealing with on top of the super easy job it is to have kids in your house so yeah. <laughs> oh and life and everything else that you're trying to juggle <laughs> totally yeah it's challenging when yeah you yeah. you're just not on the same page and that's one of the reasons why you got the divorce i guess yeah, yeah. uh yeah <laughs> And there's just like weird things. My biggest thing that I think of is like this, there's a 30 mile radius that the parents are allowed to like live within, but I'm not sure where that starts because, because like one, they move out, they move in different places. One's here, one's here, but that's kind of like, eh, like a temporary, like till we find the other place. And then this one moves over here. But is it from these, like, where's yeah. the, where's the, what is that? The, the center the, part the of the center, circle. The right, yeah. like, yes, I'm pointing to. We're both yes, pointing the, center it's there. of the radius, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> does it shift or is it the same spot that started when yeah, first the divorce that? started? Um, yeah, <laughs> where the but divorce started. Like, it started in this bar. Uh, <laughs> right. started at you know Chili's two on a Saturday. Night. You gotta live thirty minutes outside of Chili's two. Are there any other questions that you were like, okay, clearly parent plan is a big one. So yeah, are there other ones that you wish you had asked? I mean, that's a big one, but um, I think I would have been. I wish I was more clear as to my 
mm-hmm. like like expectations, but it, it's all in hindsight because well, sure. when we were dating, it was just like, oh, you know, you you don't have to do anything. <laughs> like you're, and then <laughs> and then it, then like you know, he was like Superman over here, like just like yeah. showing like he's this dad and he does it all. And then, <laughs> but that doesn't work. Like you get exhausted, and he you can't do it all. No, and uh, so. I, I think just constant conversations about with my partner of like, okay, like this is where we're at. Like what, what, what do you want? Because I very much resist the inclination that I am supposed to be home cooking dinner and cleaning, like cleaning the clothes and stuff. Like that is something that like, I'm like, I am not like a a Stepford, whatever that like connotation is. is. But a lot of women in particular in a traditional setting of getting married, having kids, regardless of careers, regardless of what they were doing, regardless of whatever they were like, never. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff, those sort of jobs fall onto them. Yeah. You turn around, you look over your shoulder and suddenly you're like, how, if I cook dinner one more time, I'm going to literally vomit, right? Like I cannot believe I am cooking dinner every night, (laughs) every night. It's so weird, right? Like it's like, it gets a little crazy, but stepping into it. Oh my God. I could ask questions all day. And the thing is, is it's different in every situation, but like stepping in, I mean, talk about conversations you have to be having over and over and over to checking in on needs and support and roles and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Your few episodes in Is there anything that you've sort of discovered that you didn't think was going to be coming out of doing podcasts like this? I mean, really, I know you're only like four in, but it can only be sometimes one episode where you go, oh, I didn't even know we were ever going to go here. Or I'd like to go more here. Or wow. (laughs) So uh, there's a couple things. First, I didn't realize how much work. A podcast mm. was like <laughs> I cannot believe. Like hats off to you. Like this is like it's it's work. So not that I didn't think it wouldn't be work, but I didn't think like to have something that is you know professional and stuff. First, you have to talk in complete sentences. Yeah, which, that's I, well, it's at hard. Least that's pressure I put on myself. Sure, it's yeah, hard. It's hard. I'm with you. But I think you know to be serious. Like I didn't realize that there are no actual answers to step parenting. Like it, everything just depends on the situation and it depends on the kids and you had to do different kids and like, and it depends on the week and, uh, and not to say that's disempowering, but it was like, okay, well, I'm doing the best I can. And I, sometimes there was just a lot of permission given to, to me to just be like, okay, like this, like we're kind of right on track with, uh, (laughs) with, with where like the kids are developmentally and where I am and in part of it, which is something that I don't necessarily enjoy because I would rather have like real, real results and real, like do this and then (laughs) this will happen. So it's just, mushy. It's so disappointing, isn't it? Like, (laughs) you know, it it goes back to the, like, 
there is no one set of rules that fits all kids, but people make a shit ton of money selling books that are supposed to like tell you that. And then when that doesn't work, like when whatever the solution to making your child eat this vegetable or sleep or stop doing X, Y, or Z, right? Like it, because ah, sometimes mm-hmm. the rules make you feel like you are supposed to be working harder and that there should be a result. And there rarely is. Like, I just was thinking about this. My youngest, who is eight, um, I got there, everybody. Yep. <laughs> <I got laughs> you know. I uh, guess that's eight. People who've listened to the show know swimming was just not something we were able to do. Like, he <laughs> just, I, I swear, I was like, somebody needs to invent ear goggles because it's like whatever that sensation was, he could not go under. And you live in California and you're like, everybody's supposed to learn how to like, ah, right. And then some people would say nasty things like you will be responsible for your child's death. And I was like, Jesus, everybody, all I'm doing is just saying my kid is struggling with learning this thing. We stepped away. And now many years later, he's like, I'm ready to learn how to swim. See, like it wound up totally being okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Despite thinking it wasn't. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a lesson though, because it is just like, they're not being so outcome like driven, yeah. which it just living in the present and doing the best you can because yeah, kids grow and they change and they, yeah. God, they, they change. want to learn how to swim eventually. Yeah. They just eventually, right. Oh, they'll be like my friend who didn't learn until she was like 30 and like was terrified. I was like, I don't want that for you. <laughs> there are too many pools everywhere, but to go back and, and ask, you say, I don't want to be, I didn't want to step in. I wanted to step in with boundaries of like what my, your personal expectations were. Mm-hmm. And again, knowing that those can be fluid, but what about pressure to fix it all? Like, was that there? Was there like a pressure to try and, I mean, I feel like that's got to be some kind of like weird phase you'd go through for like a second before you realize, no, that's dumb. Uh, <laughs> did I want to fix everything? Yes. I wanted okay. to come in as like the fun, the fun right. one. Woo, and you. you can come to me, talk <laughs> about right. anything you want. I'm here. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. Nothing but love. Mm-hmm. And then, that's right. I, then I was like, please, please don't throw that. You know, yeah. don't, throw that, don't throw that base. Like, please. <laughs> That's right. That's right. As it flies through the air, right right past your head. What do you mean you guys don't want to sit around and listen to me play guitar? I don't (laughs) understand. Why don't we want to have a family band? Why can't we have a family band? Oh Um, my gosh. I would love a family band. A family band be amazing. Yeah. I know. It will (laughs) never happen. Sorry. I think you have to have like, I don't, I don't know. A, probably be able to play instruments. Yeah, that's probably that's the biggest That's a big one. one. Yeah. Well, that mm-hmm. also also helps. And also like a big house with layers so that like yeah. they can, there's press in the else Yeah. Something else I've learned is your kids have to have interest in it. Uh, when they don't, it's really hard to get them to be in a family band. Mm-hmm. You know, they just, 
don't want to do it. If it was on an <laughs> iPad, if there was family yeah. band on an on iPad, iPad. Yeah. I think we could yeah. do it. We could probably do like a switch family band, right? Like, you know, some sort of like virtual yeah, video, yeah, virtual. What is the, what was that old? Guitar Hero? Yes. Thank that, you. Yeah. Guitar Hero. Now, if we even had the space to have that game again, hundred percent. We could be a family band. Yes. <laughs> that would be the ultimate family band. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I have to tell you, I really wish the greatest success to the podcast. I think Thanks. it is a good thing to have out there in the world. And yeah, you're doing a good job in a situation that you have, you know, not the most control over. So good job. Yeah. I don't want to play victim, but I like, because I'm not, but it, yeah, sometimes like as a step parent, you don't have a lot of control, but thanks. But it's also really vulnerable. Don't you feel yeah. so like, I mean, you probably are used to it now, but I was like, oh gosh. Well, everybody knows I'll talk about fucking anything <laughs> and uh, I'll never lie to listeners. I may not take a certain subject on. And Uh certainly as kids get older, I mean, not that this podcast was ever about our kids, (laughs) but you got to be a little more mindful and blah, blah, blah. And when you step in it, you got to be prepared to clean it off your shoe with lots of learning and apologies. So like, okay, yeah, Yeah. it's, you know, you language is constantly evolving. um, And that's a great thing. And I think regardless of the topic, we got to keep talking about this stuff because if you don't, everybody's going to continue to think that if I step into a divorced situation, I'm supposed to do X, Y, and Z, or I'm not supposed to have these feelings. And just as a woman, you're supposed to probably love it and just natural. It's like fucking overboard, right? With Goldie Hawn, which dates me and shows you guys how where I am in my life. Seven brides for seven brothers. Let's just, I'm just going to take this woman and she's going to just suddenly clean everything up and take care of my children. Mm -hmm. Not, not a good role model, but good songs. (laughs) So thank you, Moretta, so much. We're going to link everybody up to, you guys know where to find podcasts, but we want to make sure that you find the right one as well as anything else you'd like us to share. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah. It was. It was. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Green Chef. Green Chef is America's number one meal kit for eating well, with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. Green Chef is also now owned by HelloFresh, and with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there is something for everyone. I have always enjoyed HelloFresh, and I just recently tried Green Chef. I gotta tell you, that was good stuff. In fact, just last night, We had the honey pork chops with lemon rice and a apple kale salad, and it was freaking delicious. It was so good. (laughs) And tonight, we are having the Italian caprese burgers. Caprese? Caprese? I don't know. Delicious! In my mouth! 
Go to greenchef.com slash badmother130 and use code badmother130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash badmother130 and code badmother130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. One Bad Mother is supported in part by KiwiCo. KiwiCo is defining the future of play by making it engaging, enriching, and really fun. Basically, your child can get super cool hands-on science, art, and geography projects delivered to their door every month. Woo! Both Raiden and Ellis have been playing with KiwiCo kits forever, forever. Back from the projects that they needed some adult assistance with, like Robotic Claw or the pinball game that you made from scratch, to the stuff that they can do now that they're older. Ella's made a really cool trebuchet recently that was awesome. Redefine learning with play. Explore hands-on projects that build creative confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code BADMOTHER at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at KIWICO.com. Promo code BADMOTHER. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius, fail time. Genius, Mimi. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. So, uh, for Christmas, I got gift cards from my parents. I always like to ask for gift cards to my favorite clothing store. And then, whenever I want, I can go try stuff on. It's like a treat to get out and do it, except during the pandemic when I, you know, ordered all those blue jeans that were the wrong size, trying to find happiness, uh, and that didn't work. But I went in with my gift card, and I I walked by and saw a jumpsuit. Now, I am not usually a jumpsuit wearer, okay? I do like an overall every once in a while, but I'm not usually a jumpsuit wearer, and it wasn't on sale, but I tried it on, and I was like, huh. I can maybe pull this off. This is different. It's different. It's both casual yet elevated. I'm gonna do it because I've got this gift card. I don't need another pair of jeans. (laughs) I will get it. And I got it. Then it sat in the closet for like two weeks. And I, as you know, or may know, I have been very busy over the last couple of weeks, sort of between the loss of our pet onion Steve had some surgery. Things were not very clean in this house for a while as a result of those things. And caring for my father, who was recovering from dental surgery. There weren't a lot of showers happening. And finally, yesterday, I took a shower, rolled my hair in my hot rollers, and I put on the jumper, the little jumpsuit, and I went to my parents' apartment to, of course, do something. And... Both of them were like, what is this outfit? This is the greatest thing. It looks so good on you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, 
Okay, well, thank you. That's very nice. And then I came home and both kids on completely separate occasions were like, I really like that on you. And I was like, hot dog. I just, Anyway, sometimes uh, it helps to put a little lipstick on, as my mother used to say. <laughs> Interpret that as you will. But I felt pretty good in my jumpsuit. Hello, I'm calling with a genius. Dinner time, you know, everyone's always hungry, like hangry hungry. They're two and three, almost four. They're two and three right now. My genius is that I'm giving them a popsicle. I am cooking dinner at the stove, and my husband is managing the popsicle meltdown. I'm not sure if it's broken or if it's the wrong color, but they're occupied with that instead of bothering me while I'm cooking. And uh, anyway, we're doing a great job. Bye. It's pretty nice. Popsicles, I think, are a really good reminder. A, you're doing an amazing job. You're a genius. Popsicles take a little effort, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're messy. This is not a solution or a genius for people who don't like sticky children or sticky areas around children. But if you're trying to get something done, giving a kid a plate and a popsicle or throwing a towel over them and giving them a popsicle is such a time filler. It's uh, put them, I think we had somebody call once who said they just put their kids in the bathtub with popsicles. Also genius, also genius. You are doing a great job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, me. Okay, I will, I will do it. All right, I, I cannot remember if I've shared this and I apologize if I have but it's still stunning to me. As you may remember, right around the Max Fun Drive last year, Stefan and I had been ripping up the backyard to save money. We were gonna remove all the weeds and sod and grass. I mean, it's barely grass back there, guys. Whatever is growing or not growing in my yard, we ripped up. There may have even be video somewhere of me with a, you know, pick picking away and shoveling and digging. And we found all this exciting stuff. That I mean, was like a treasure hunt in the backyard. And we got through over half of that yard. And then it got hot and we stopped. I mean, heat's not going to hurt anything. It's just going to keep killing it. And then we got that weird stuff that comes out of the sky in California every once in a while. Rain, I think you call it. It rained for, for like a week. And I don't even go in the backyard much anymore because I know it's all torn up. But the other day, I did wander back there. It's all grown over. It is all, it is as if Stefan and I had never been there. It was, it's like that scene in the 1980s creep show movie where Stephen King touches that rock from outer space and then within an hour, everything's covered in grass or moss. Space grass. Anyway, the entire backyard uh, is green, which I guess is nice if you want grass. <laughs> Hi, this is a fail. This is the longest running fail uh, mm. in my history of parenthood. So, I went to the dentist this morning. The last time uh, that I had been at the dentist was pre-COVID 2019 when I was pregnant with my daughter. 
And the reason that I went was because sometimes when I would chew on the left side of my mouth, I would have very, very intense but short-lived, like, 10 out of 10 sharp, sharp shooting pains. And so I was like, I've got to get this fixed. It doesn't matter that I'm pregnant. You know, I've, I've got to, like, go see the, the dentist. So I went, and the guy who was assessing me, I go to, like, a student clinic. The guy who was assessing me is, like, poking around in my mouth, you know, does this hurt, does this hurt, nothing, nothing, nothing. Then finally he hits on something, and I go through the roof. And it was, like, a big discussion of, you know, what should we do, what should we, you know, what – is the best course of treatment given that I'm pregnant, yada, yada. So anyway, that happens. Today I go in, 2022, three years later, and I say, I'm really anxious about this appointment, y'all. Last time I was here, you guys, you know, gave me really intense pain trying to diagnose what's going on with my tooth, and, like, I need this fixed. This, like, can't keep going on. You know, I've been chewing on the left side of my – or the right side of my mouth for years and years. And the guy looks at my chart, and he says, well, we did a filling for you in 2019. And I texted my husband, and he's like, my husband's like, yeah, yeah. There was a big discussion about that. You don't remember getting it filled? And I'm like, no, I don't at all. And then he, remember, you know, and then he reminded me of, like, the horrible things they had to do to fill it. And I totally remembered it. And they checked my mouth. Everything is fine. And, like, it's fixed. I've just been chewing on the left, on the right side of my mouth out of fucking habit for like three years. It's just <laughs> such a fail. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> fucking super brain. Oh, thanks for the hotline. You guys are the best. Bye. Oh, man. This is great. One of the fun things about calls is when it prompts a response from Gabe. Gabe, watching Gabe, like, navigate your call. And, like, where, what, really, uh, is a delight. I might have to videotape that one day. But here's the thing. That's remarkable. And I think if I had never seen children, I would find it entirely hard to believe. But I know kids. I also know super brain and I, <laughs> I also know pandemic. Jeebus. I just think it's amazing that you totally blocked this out at so much so that you haven't even used that side of your mouth. And I think that that's the real failure. Just punishing yourself longer than you needed to. Ooh, there's a metaphor for parenting. You're doing a horrible job. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you. I love you. Mr. Robotman, what are you doing? I'm just taking one last look at my co-workers. Every journey comes to an end. Remember, Black, the space will be with you always. Sorry, who are you again? 
Is Mr. Kieran? <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Just calling in. <laughs> Friendships will be tested. Doll, you have to do it. You have to shoot Black. Okay. You shot him so fast. Destinies will be fulfilled. I've become a complete bird. Oh, I'm flying. I'm flying. On April 28th, the saga starts concluding. Guys, we don't have a choice. We have to put on a show. We can do it in the old barn. We've got the costumes. We've got a stage. We can do it, you guys. Mission to Zix, the final season on Maximum Fun. I listen to Bullseye because Jesse always has really good questions. What did John Malkovich wear when he was 20? (laughs) I don't know how to describe it. There's always that moment where Jesse asks a question that the person he's interviewing has not thought of before. I don't think anyone's ever said that to me or acknowledged that to me, and that is so real. Bullseye, interviews with creators you love and creators you need to know. From MaximumFun.org and NPR. All right, everybody, let's cuddle up and listen to a mom have a breakdown. I don't feel like I'm doing a great job. I'm so overwhelmed. It's so much. I'm trying to treat a two-and-a-half-year-old and nursing the new baby. My husband just goes on a business trip and gets to sleep in and have fancy dinners and go on a boat and hang out by a pool. And I'm fucking drowning. <laughs> and then he's finally home this morning. And he takes forever taking a fucking shower. And talks about how long it took him to take a shit. <laughs> I'm just so tired. I need some type of break. I need something. Someone throw me a freaking bone here. Just something. I think I'm failing. <laughs> the good thing is my daughter is moving on the potty. So that's pretty good. <laughs> I just feel like I'm alone and I've been sitting in my house since Wednesday and it is now Monday. Body training my two and a half year old and taking care of an infant at the same time. And I just, I'm just overwhelmed and tired and I don't know. I barely made it out of the house and I don't even have a jacket on. It's 60 degrees in my. I'm meeting a friend at the park, and I feel like I'm just completely shit on her, so I feel like I call you guys first and get it out. Thank you for your show. I love you guys. Oh, my gosh. You are doing such a good job. You are doing such a good job. You're doing such a good job. You're doing such a good job. All of that. You're haggard and broken. That's what you are. It's okay. And that's okay. You're all right because you're not alone. You're not alone at being haggard and broken. I got to tell you, a newborn and a two-year-old, <laughs> I'm so sorry. And I laugh because I remember crying all the time. I remember feeling completely alone. I remember as soon as you close the door, like in the baby's in the bed and like, the other child somewhere else. And so you're kind of alone. You close the door. And then you do like, I would do the weird like yelling, screaming, but silently like, I'm awesome, I'm awesome. right? Like, <laughs> just 
Oh, and I wasn't okay. We all know that. We, all, we I, I needed a lot of help. <laughs> and Stefan traveled during that time too. So you're not alone there either. And it is, as we say, we didn't marry an asshole. Okay? We didn't marry an asshole. And during these first years, it is so hard to not be resentful of your partner. It just is. It's not their fault and it's not really your fault. <laughs> it, it's the fact that you're tired and you are drained and you have like nothing that feels like you. And let's go back to the lack of sleep and the being needed. And I, Steph, when Stefan would travel after Ellis was born, I really, I really feel you. Like that, oh my God, you had a meal and you got to eat it at a pace that was like a normal person. No one interrupted you. You got to sleep. You got to, and, and you know, they're not doing it at you. But it took a while for me to figure out how to communicate that to Stefan. Because Stefan would come home and when you have been sort of on your own schedule, even if you're normally on top of it, even if you are a partner who is on it, if you even get like three days somewhere else, you come back and yeah, sometimes you take a little bit longer in the bathroom than you normally would. Because you just forget. It's easy to forget. So Stefan and I really had to start working stuff out where it was like, when you come home, are you going to need time to adjust or can I immediately rely on you, right? Like, can you be more mindful of how that appears, right? Like, you are, I, I, one day you will totally be able to go back to brushing your teeth and reading the newspaper at the same time as long as you want. But we're going to have to put that on hold right now, you know, because I'm rushing all of my things. So I'm going to need you to rush to, <laughs> right? Like whatever it is, um, that discussion, it's an important one during those first years. And you know what? I will always remember my dear friend, Martha Larson, who was one of our first call-ins, who just could not get over watching her husband brush his teeth. He's just in there brushing every tooth <laughs> Taking his sweet time. <laughs> Additionally, the work of potty training is really hard. And the fact that your kid is pooping in a toilet is at two and a half is like, I don't know. One of you is a genius. One of you, you either teaching or that child responding or both of you. That was not what's happening was happening in this house. So I just think that's unbelievable. And it's a victory. And I'm glad you recognize it. And I just, you need to hear this. And and everybody, and because I know you're not alone, everybody else who's in a similar situation needs to hear this. You're doing a great job. You are not alone. No one is doing this well, okay? Everybody is having a really hard time, and that feeling is normal, and you have that right to have that feeling. 
You're remarkable. You're doing a great job. Everybody, you are all doing a good job. I, I, and special shout out to the step-parents on this week's episode. Wow. I, I really, I didn't know about the whole parenting plan thing. And that seems like insanity. And I will say we have had guests come on and talk about co-parenting before. And, but they are definitely of the true co-parenting. Everybody's kind of making it work and we're figuring it all out. Versus counter-parenting, which I gotta tell you, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. And I am, it's for everybody. For everybody. So I just want you to know that I see you doing that tap dancing and that juggling. And once again, we're being reminded that you're not alone if you are in a situation like that and that that is really hard. What a place to have to be to kind of try and stay like centered, right? As opposed to just going down the rabbit hole of like, fuck all of you. <laughs> just ah, so much added pressure. So you're doing a good job. Everybody, you're doing a good job. So let's go out and remember that. And let's go out and remind each other about that and get those pivot shoes on and hit the dance floor. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, fussing by, not throw down mama blue. Oh, said daddy, baby, fussing by, not throw down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.